podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Andy and Jamie are gone. No Andy, no Jamie. Andy dealing with some family stuff. Uh, I believe a stubbed toe of some sort. Uh, And Jamie, life, man, life. Uh, Luckily, we have two guests joining us today to help us as fill-ins. First up, Half of the Winning Women podcast, and frankly, the better half of the Sideline Warning podcast, Christine <laughs> Butterfield, back with us again. Christine, welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I love talking Big 12 basketball, so I'm going to be more excited to be back. Yes, yes, this is a nice tease. This is a Big 12 basketball show today. Our last big one of the season, what with the season basically wrapping up tonight. Uh, also joining us, our good friend and recent uh, constant collaborator, uh, Colin Post of TCU 360, calling us from the road. Colin, welcome. What's going on, Philip? Thanks for having me again. Yeah, calling from the road. So if you hear a beeping, that's probably like my lane uh, thing, but I promise I'm driving safe, eyes on the road, but excited to talk to some basketball tonight. So no- nothing changing. Yeah, you uh, no video on, so that's good. Just eyes on the road. You pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for like, a wreck or something that I'll never be able to book a guest again. That would be terrible. All right, guys. Um, before we dive into our, our long list of conversations, I mean, we have to talk about Saturday night. I just, we took a year and took a My year goodness. off. We didn't get an NCAA tournament for a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, that that game makes up for not having a tournament. But if that's our, our gift of like, hey, we're really sorry. Here you go. <laughs> that's not a bad compilation. That's not a bad like, hey, we screwed up your meal. Here's a, here's a free meal next time. It's not a bad compilation getting a game that was that close, that good for overtime as well. And then to get that kind of shot to seal it was, I mean, if you missed it, you're going to be kicking yourself forever. Yeah. I, first of all, March Madness is my favorite sporting event of the year. So for that to not have happened last season, I have been gearing up for this year for a very long time. And for us to be able to see a game that looked like that, that was that competitive against a team that has basically blown out every other team to date was amazing. That's the kind of final four matchup that you dream of and you wish for. And it's just great that that came into fruition on Saturday. And I mean, Jalen Sugg, we just need to talk about him for a second because rightfully so, I think a lot of eyes have been on Cade Cunningham for a while um, as a top draft pick. But I think Jalen Suggs has proved that he can definitely make it happen in the NBA. Making a shot like that in the final seconds of overtime just shows his poise and Man, I can't get over it. I told you guys before this started, I need to rewatch that game like five more times because it was just that good, and I want to spend that time analyzing it. Um, It was just incredible. I I couldn't agree more. March Madness, I I tweeted about this last night. Um, Shameless plug on my Twitter account, at Colin P3, but there just is no comparison to what happened last night. I mean, the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. I love it. It is awesome. The World Series... Um, we won't talk about the Astros, my hometown, but I mean, the, the, I love them all. I love them all. Sports is amazing. But the, last night, I just want to like break down why I think last night was so perfect. 
we have gone all tournament without a buzzer beater for the win. We, we had an early one with Virginia Tech for the tie. They ended up losing. We had um, Alabama for the tie. They ended up losing. Anticlimactic, not for the win. This whole tournament, we have missed out on moments that will live in YouTube videos for the rest of time. As great as this tournament has been, we have not had many moments like that because there have been a lack of clutch shots. Games have ended on free throws. We talked about this last time I was on this podcast. Last night, following what was supposed to be the game of the night, U of H Baylor, an absolute, sorry to curse, but shit show. I mean, Baylor just (laughs) came out and ran the Cougars. They ran them. And that was supposed to be it. I looked at my brother-in-law and I said, this night will no longer be interesting. We have two blowouts on our hands. Look forward to Monday. So that happened. And then we get an overtime game where an 18-year-old who is the most likable superstar on the planet, not arrogant, loves his team, willing to do whatever, not only does he make a block and an assist that leads to the game going to overtime, which was arguably the most NBA-ready play that you've seen all season from any player, Mm -hmm. but then his coach says, I don't care that you're 18. I'm, I'm not calling timeout. You're winning this game for us. And he pulled up from 30 feet and then went up and got up on the table like Dwayne Wade and said, Gonzaga's for real. Welcome to March. I mean, we don't deserve that. We, as, as basketball fans, we didn't deserve that moment. And that was no, amazing. We absolutely I, did. Are you kidding yes, we me? Did. We yes, absolutely we deserve that we moment. Do, but we don't. We do. No, we do. We do. I'm just but, thankful but it happened. Was, I, my point is that it was just so good that it feels like just too good. Like it was just so, wow. I've been buzzing since it. I'm not a Gonzaga fan, but Jalen Suggs, thank you, man. I mean, wow. What a moment. What a moment. Oh yeah, no, me too. I, I've never been the biggest Gonzaga uh, stand ever. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like Gonzaga is kind of like the Clemson of college basketball. They're very new money, but just their performance that they've had this entire season and even the other night was just incredible. And like I said, I think Jalen Suggs has definitely made his argument to why he would be like one of the best picks you can get out of this draft with just, just how composed he was taking that shot I literally I'm just smiling thinking about it it was incredible didn't Skip Bayless say something about how like it was just a lucky shot or something no 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 hold up hold up we're not doing Skip Bayless we, he does not he he gets he doesn't attention. deserve our airtime no. all right you're this right, is a you're big right. 12 show not a let's analyze asshats show I'm okay. going to use a curse word as well. Um, Sorry, I no, thought we look, lost you, Philip. No, it's okay. To get that game and still get the championship matchup that we have been building toward all season between Gonzaga and Baylor is like, it, it, it would have been like, if UCLA had hit that shot, that would be awesome. But to get that shot, that game, and still get to have the championship matchup we've all been waiting for yep. is. Uh, <laughs> It's it beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and we'll talk about Gonzaga Baylor here a little bit right at the end of the show, and we'll make our picks for that for that matchup tonight. Um, before we dive headfirst into Big Twelve, because we're going to talk a lot about coaching changes, obviously at Texas and Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Um, last week, I really got to stop teasing things. Every time I tease things on this show, either I tease a guest and they fall through, or I tease a topic and then it doesn't happen. Last week, I teased something about the refs, and we wrapped up recording, and I immediately went, "Damn it." Because I realized I had forgotten to actually do the bit. So Jamie and Andy aren't here, but our good friends Colin and and uh, 
Christine are going to fill in. So here's the deal. One of my biggest takeaways from this college basketball season as a whole is that refs are incapable of accurately calling charges and blocks. They just it's it's too subjective, it's too difficult, it's too hard for them to do. And some of it's their fault, some of it's the way the rules are written. Period. Okay. It's really not great. And so I have decided that, you know, part of the problem is if you watch the refs when they get to char- call a charge. They just, I think they are excited about it. That is that fist pump. I mean, you see some of them, they look like Tiger Woods just won the Masters the way they throw that fist. Like they are so just like, yeah, I'm getting off on this. And the crowd, the taffle is going wild. I'm going home and sleeping great tonight. So to me, the only way to really fix this problem, this charge call and block call problem, is to make the charge call gesture so ridiculous that the the refs will be less inclined to actually make the call because they don't want to have to do whatever this new gesture is because the fist pump is awesome, folks. That's that's it's almost a jab if you watch the way they do it. Some guys just get oh into it. So each of us have have brought our proposed new gesture. I'm going to start with mine so that uh, since Colin was invited on a little bit late to fill in, um, he's got a minute to think about his little bit. Later. So here, if you've ever done uh, shadow puppets before, you know you have your bunny. And you have your other little animals. If you want to do a bird, you put your two hands together. You cross them opposite. You got four fingers is your wings. And your thumbs meet in the middle to be the beak. And then you fly the bird up into the air to make a shadow puppet. But you really got to like emphasize it. You got to bring it together very dramatic fashion and, and flap those wings rather vigorously. Now look, I get that it doesn't carry as well in audio to do hand gestures like this, so don't worry, I'll put the actual thing on Twitter. But I want to watch somebody act to have to like shadow puppet a bird up into the air to do a charge call, because not only is it weird and goofy looking, people are going to make fun of you the entire time you do it. Okay, okay, respect. Just trying to... So whenever I think of a charge call, I think of something that needs to be very direct very obvious as to not get confused with anything else and what is a staple to um gestures more than a very typical dance called the macarena i think they should have to do the macarena and then when they finish it up they hand over the ball the whole thing just like just like the one round (laughs) and then hand over Uh, run it up the whole thing. I need the whole thing. Yeah. We're, so you'll we'll see every five hand movement. Exactly. So, like, if that's if that's your like, if you're trying to get less charges, there's no way a ref's gonna want to do a macarena on the court. That'll be mine. That's Very my good. pick. Very good. But before I say mine, I I just have to echo. I honestly haven't thought much about the charge thing until you bring this up, Phil, but. Now that I think about it, I really agree. And I honestly have the same beef with MLB umps with calling uh, outs at the plate. I, I think they get amped on the the the, um, the motion, the crowd, the crowd's energy. They're like, oh, the crowd's going to go nuts. I'm calling this dude out. And I, I think uh, runners have been gypped uh, over the course of history because that the, the review rule kind of, you know, helps runners out a little bit more now. But anyway, I, I've had that same beef with the MLB for Wow. now and so that, that i like i like the point a lot um and i have mine i love it so much i'm gonna say it 
But as I think about it, this actually might make the refs more hype about calling charges. So you guys can be the judge of whether this is good or not, but I like it a lot. Um, in 2015, the Arizona Cardinals, this is so random, but they played the Seattle Seahawks at Seattle and they had a huge run that basically sealed the game for them. Underdogs coming in the game, huge win. And on that run, on the sideline, backup quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, Drew Stanton, this clip went viral. He did this, like, arm windmill three times into, like, a squat where he then, like, pumped his fist, like, and looked at the ground. I mean, it is the uh, – if you haven't seen it, you got to go look it up. Drew Stanton, Arizona Cardinals sideline dance. It is hilarious. I don't know what was going through his mind. Um, but, like, after that game, the, the Twitter was going nuts about – him and if refs had to do that every charge like literally i don't care if you got the charge taken on you or you got the call like everyone's laughing in the building like it would be hilarious runners up in this would have also been uh, spirit fingers no you know spirit fingers are nice. always fun uh nice. and and wet willing yourself as an option as well oh the ew might be a little bit too oh, too over the line hey you ain't gonna get a charge call and look i love a good charge but i you know it is what it is. We gotta we gotta cut down on this stuff. We gotta we gotta really cut down on this stuff. Okay, time to talk Big Twelve for real. So let's start with with the big story from this week. Of course, our episode goes up on Thursday morning, and in it, I'm like, yeah, I figure he'll have you know, if Chris Beard is the head coach of Texas, we'll know by Monday press conference Tuesday. There's no way they'll have it decided on on the first. Old take, you know, old takes exposed me. It's fine. It's it's fine. That deal got done so fast. That and look, let's back this up for a minute. For Texas, this is the opposite of what happened with Urban Meyer. They wanted their guy, they went and they got their guy, and now Texas is feeling really good. They got Chris Beard, they got the guy they wanted, um, they got him at really a relatively good deal. Uh, it's a seven year deal for 35 million. Yes, there are other incentives in there as well which will probably means he'll probably make more than the three point three million a year he's going to make i'm sorry that's wrong i'm not good at math leave me alone five million a year he's going to make but it still doesn't feel like it's significantly more than what he was going to make at texas tech like it's not like you know he was he made in what 2019 2020 5.1 5.1 million. Now that that's that's his base plus incentives. Now he took a bit of a cut because of, of the pandemic, and I think his base for for this coming year was going to be like 4.4. But the incentives for there for him to make five five plus million, even with incentives, Texas isn't suddenly paying him a significantly more money than Texas Tech was. So obviously money not an issue, and he has said as such. So for Texas, you get your guy. You're not paying him more than Sarkeesian. You're not having to go into the $6 million realm, which is kind of where I thought they might have to go for this. You get your guy, you get him on a good deal, you get him in there quick. It all seems to go fairly smoothly. I mean, for Texas, this is this feels all win, 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 other than the fact that, you know, you're going to have to take him and go play in Lubbock uh, every year, which is going to be fun. I mean, yeah, I think that when I saw this coaching move, initially I was shocked just because I didn't, think that Chris Beard would go ahead and go into a different coaching job within the same conference but then I remembered how he took that job at UNLV and then a month later he went to Texas Tech and he was like lol JK so then I was like okay and I really thought about everything that Chris Beard brought to Texas Tech and he was 
one of my favorite coaches for the big 12. I, I guess I can say he still is because he coaches at Texas now, but I, I just think with what he has already implemented, like what defense we've seen from him and how quickly he's been able to kind of transfer their program all around with the recruits, he's going to be able to get over in Texas. It's, it's going to be insane. Like, I think within a couple of years, you're going to start to see Chris, Chris Beard's holistic game come together. You're, he's going to get the same defense that he had. He's going to be able to implement that in Texas, but then he's going to have the talent of the guys that are going to be able to have a more consistent shooting base. You're going to have a lot of better dribblers, um, a more balanced roster than I'm sure he's used to having whenever he has to recruit people all the way into Lubbock. So I, I see this as a win-win for him. And now he's already been such a competitive force over at tech. I have no idea how people are really going to, challenge him a little bit now with who he's going to be able to get at that point so I'm really interested to see where he takes this program and I know that a bunch of people said that his opening press conference was amazing but I think we're used to seeing that Chris Beard is really good with the media and every time they Texas hires a a new coach that opening media release always I feel it goes well and then it kind of drops off a little bit. So I'm really curious to see how, where he takes his program and what he does, but I honestly think he's going to be doing a lot of good things over there. So more power to him. Yeah. I, I have mixed feelings. I wasn't surprised on the flip side. I wasn't surprised by the move. I had Lubbock people similar to when Matt Rule was getting quartered by the Panthers. They were like, man, Chris Beard, he loves Lubbock, man. Like I, he's, he wouldn't, like and I was like well first of all have you been to Lubbock um right but um but I was like Texas athletics despite their the culture change that they need as I talked about last time I was on this podcast but it is like at least in Texas and really nationally it's 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 a step up and it's because they make 200 whatever million dollars a year and, and as good as Texas Tech's facilities are, um, Texas in, in many facets and um, many that were just touched on is always going to be able to one up you. And despite their shortcomings this year in the tournament, um, that job will always be this golden ticket, especially for a guy that went there. And so I wasn't surprised. What I was surprised by is Chris Beard's kind of lack of closure with Texas Tech. There was no, like, I, 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 Texas Tech fans are angry right now. Not just fans, but people that cover, I mean, angry at him um, for just the way that he didn't allow a counteroffer. He didn't, uh, it, it seemed like there was very little heads up. And then he really had no, really, the closure fans wanted with a letter of, you know, thanks to them. Um, and so I don't understand it, but at the same time, that combined with this press conference, like he kind of seems like he has some sort of chip on his shoulder right now, which is weird for a coach. You know, you don't normally say that, but it finally kind of felt like he was like, this is no lovey-dovey. I'm leaving Lubbock. Let me just like go get going my padded, you know, court at Texas it's it's like no I'm going to Texas and I'm fixing this like they couldn't get it done under Shaka I'm the guy I'm gonna do it and that's really nice when you say it in a press conference will he be able to do that actually I don't know but 
his, you know, defensive mindset, his, um, you know, ability to turn a program around. I mean, Texas Tech with six straight losing seasons before he went there and had put them on five straight, of, of course, with that title run as well. I think it's really too good to be true for Texas, but in this case, it is true. And so I, I think this really could be the culture shock that Texas basketball needs. And we next year won't be it. We know that unless Greg Brown stays and becomes some do-it-himself guy. They don't just don't have the guys to, to win a, a, um, a, a title next year and probably not even a Big 12 title. But over time, Chris Beard's mentality really could do big things for the University of Texas. And obviously, I don't necessarily like seeing the Longhorns succeed, but it does feel like this was a good move for them, um, even if it meant kind of hurting the Red Raiders' feelings along the way. It makes a lot of sense for Texas, it does. And and look, Chris Beard is a guy who wants to climb the ladder. He wants to keep moving up. He was never going to be a lifelong Texas Tech coach. Just If you're a Texas Tech fan and you thought that, I'm really sorry. I know he said it was family. Mama was calling him home, but folks, that don't buy. You got you can't you cannot buy that stuff. It sounds really good when you're a fan of that school, unless they're an alumni and they're like, I'm never leaving. Even then, they still might. So, understand from that standpoint. But for for Beard, I mean, it is going to be easier to recruit to Texas. He understands how to use the transfer portal. You know as among the best of them, which in this day and age matters. Like that's how you win. You recruit your guys, but you use the transfer portal to help make you better. My thing with him is this. I think you had a more loyal fan base at Texas Tech. Texas fans will show up for year one because they'll be excited, but you're never going to pack that house. You're just not. It is a football school. It's not a basketball school. There are basketball fans, but it's not a basketball school. My other thing is, let's just put this here. You said He said it himself in his press conference. Quote, this will not be a rebuild. This will not be put an asterisk neck by the first season because it doesn't matter. We will win now. My question for you guys with Chris Beard at Texas. He's, he's being very clear of like, we're going to win. What does that mean? How long does he get to win a Big 12 title? And I mean a regular season, not a tournament. Congrats winning the tournament one this year. Tournaments can be Conference tournaments can be fluky. How long does he have to win a conference title? How long does he win have to make runs, legit runs, real runs in the NCAA tournament before it's it's it was a mistake, right? Like, how quickly does he need to do this stuff? And to that effect, because I, I'm not like my heart says quickly, but the other side, I'm like, again, it's not football. Like if football's winning, that's the other note. He needs Sark to win. <laughs> Sark winning will take a lot of pressure off of him. But I'm, I'm for you guys, like how quickly does he need to win? And what does that look like? You know, after he basically said that they're going to be winning in his first season, he's already put that pressure out on himself, right? Like, I don't think any, any AD or anyone at, thinks very seriously about a team's first season with a new coach, you know, they're like, okay, they're getting used to this new regimen. They're getting used to, you know, the new coach, how things going to work. But Chris Beard came out and said, scrap all that. We're going to win. So based off of that, I feel like he, he needs to probably do something within the first three years where he's either tied for first or second 
in the Big 12, seriously. And then making a, a I want to say, like, when I say deep playoff run, I would probably go, like, to the Elite Eight within five years, right? Because you think about the talent pool they're going to have at Texas. You, you think about the winning culture that they try to have, but they obviously don't because it is a football school and everybody knows that. But you look at the talent he's going to be able to pull. You look at what he's done at Texas Tech. I mean, within the first couple of years, right, they went to the Final Four. So I think a lot of people would be making the assumption that he could probably swing around and do it again. So for me, I think it would be within the first three years, he should either be second in the Big 12 or tied for first at least. And then um, within five years, making a deep playoff run. That's what I would have to say. Yeah, three years was the exact number I was going to give. To me, um, especially with who we see leaving Texas after this year, and once again, I I don't know what's happening with Greg Brown. That dude is all over the place this year. But uh, I'm going to assume he leaves. Let's just say he leaves. Next year, you really have – really little to work with and it'd be quite a lot to ask for him to you know win a conference with that um but i think in three years we'll see um how is he recruiting do people want to go play for the university of texas we just saw um one of their top recruits david joplin the other day say that he once released from his letter of intent power forward four-star recruit so that would have been huge for them Next year, especially with Kai Jones and Jericho Sims, obviously leaving after this year, get some major size um, to develop. And and so, with, does Chris Beard, you know, promote a culture at the University of Texas where people want to go play basketball there? Like Philip said, it's a football school; it's not a basketball school. Um, and then also, yeah, are we seeing a difference in the way? Yeah, like the just the the culture is within. Texas basketball how, 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 do, how are they performing how do they play and, and does success come in the moments that matter like Philip mentioned you were able to scrap out a big 12 yeah, title game win this year didn't win the regular season the championship um, and then you lost in the first round to ACU and so yeah um, overall you know not exactly uh, when we look back on this year we might see a big 12 championship but nobody's looking back on 2021 is a success year for, for Texas basketball. And um, and so when it matters, is Texas basketball able to to get it done? Uh, and with the resources they have, that should be evident in three years. Um, and, and so I think that's, that, that's kind of what I would say. Um, I, I agree with Christine, that kind of run. And then if he does, you know, where is he doing in five, et cetera, around what Shaka did. Um, I will say, once you, you know, even though, like I said, it wasn't necessarily a success, Shaka did still win the Big 12 championship game this year. And so it's not like we're bringing Chris Beard in after Texas was, you know, 8 and 12 this year. Like, they were a good basketball team. And so tension is still a little high with that. And so I would say his leash is probably even shorter than normal um, than even maybe when Shaka came in. Um, because of just what happened this year and what a, what a letdown that was. So uh, this meeting apparently got done that Thursday morning at the Comfort Inn in Plainview between Chris Galcante and Beard. And then they had breakfast at McDonald's. CDC shared the receipt that it was uh, two egg McMuffins, uh, two premium roast coffees, one with two creams and two sugars. Uh, so just if you guys are having a breakfast after you've 
set to agree to a seven seven year thirty five million dollar contract. What's your uh, what's your go to McDonald's order? Oh, bro, I am the wrong person to ask. I do not eat breakfast at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I think I know about there, like that, I would order. I'd probably order like an apple pie for breakfast. <laughs> First off, breakfast is the only thing worth ordering. At yeah. McDonald's, so that's yeah. I never yeah. go to McDonald's. Not my not my thing. I don't know about the apple pie. That's a little bit sus. Um, <laughs> what? <apple pies. laughs> Are you morning, kidding me? Like, yeah, that's the only thing I know on their menu. That's the only thing I can name right now. Do they have like a yogurt uh, parfait? I might do if, that. They they do have it. They do if, have a par, uh, yogurt if I'm parfait. The, if, okay. If I'm the athletic director at University of Texas one day, I mean, Lord help me if that ever happens. But <laughs> if Christine shows up at McDonald's and gets an apple pie, she's not getting the job. Like, I'm sorry. New candidate. Um, I'm before he knows me. <laughs> the McGriddle is excellent. A great item. Very good. Yeah, I'll do the I'll do uh, the egg McMuffin's fine. Give me the sausage on there. That works. Yeah. I'm good with that. Look, I honestly, you're you're in the state of Texas, and they went to McDonald's and not a Whataburger. That alone should That's be a my, offense oh my for God. both of them. For both. That's of them. exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, you're not going to go get a honey butter chicken biscuit. Like that's that's what you're telling me. Or you're the not jalapeno do. biscuits that are. So, oh, I'm like, you Ugh. guys went to a McDonald's in the state of Texas. Yeah. That's just that's just. That's the real blasphemy. That's that's heresy. What, what that's a fire. What I'm offense. wondering, who do y'all think got the black coffee? I I think it was probably CD uh, or sorry, Chris Beard because yeah. CDC's used to like eating steak in the press box. So I know he drinks like white girl coffee at Starbucks probably, but yeah, beer. no, he's, beer. More, he's more Austinized. I think, I think he's more Austinized. So I'm sure he got the two creams, two sugars. I think Chris Beard straight up black coffee. Definitely. Yeah. He said, I'm not losing this job because uh, yeah, he said I'm hardcore no matter what. Probably didn't even he said, drink Mama it. didn't raise no B. Exactly. Chris Beard doesn't even use the, the lid. He just straight, hot as can be, downs that coffee like straight down his throat. Just scalding yeah. down. That's how Chris even Beard like, his coffee. He doesn't even have like the warmer to put around the cup. He's like, no, I'll take the burn. It's fine. It's, it's character uh, development. I'll take the burn. It's okay. That's good. If you're like me and you can't start your day without a cup of coffee, or two or three or four, make sure it's a good one. Start your day with a cup of Lazy Fair Coffee. Ethically sourced beans from around the world, roasted right in the heart of Big 12 country in DFW. Lazy Fair Coffee is the official sponsor of the 1012 Podcast Bracket Pool. Really appreciate them helping us out. And they have donated a few bags of their delicious coffee for our little uh, our bracket challenge. You can still get a great deal on a great bag of beans for yourself. Go to LazyFairCoffee.com, L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R, coffee. Use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. There are five great bags to choose from. Cafe Cubano, Good Morning Vietnam, Tanzanian Delight, Cafe New Guinea, and the Honduran Sunrise. Whatever you like, whatever style of coffee, whatever flavor you like, you're going to find something for you here. So go to Lazy Fair, grab a bag. Grab two. Check out the other products that they have as well. Use the promo code 1012. Get 10% off your order and be enjoying a really good cup of coffee to start your morning right away. Uh, okay, so let's let's move on to the other side of this, Texas Tech. Look, you guys have kind of mentioned it. and I, There's a certain amount of like, I, I do feel bad for Texas Tech. Again, he was offered a lifetime contract, essentially. 
<laughs> lifetime contracts. We'll talk about that a bit. He was offered a lifetime contract. He said no. Um, he didn't Bill give them an opportunity. Like- I, I get the point of like, well, he didn't give us a chance to counter offer. You gave him, you offered him a lifetime contract. Like what other, what counter offer are you going to come back with more money? He Literally. was yeah. dead set on Texas. Like he was dead set on Texas. He was going like to Texas. Happening. Right. So there, there was no rebuttal. It's not coming. Again, Christine, as you mentioned, he did this to UNLV. He was like, bye, Felicia. I've been here two weeks. I'm going to go to Texas Tech now because I'm going to be in the state of Texas. It is incredibly weird to go f- not just not just to change jobs inside the same conference, inside the same state, between two two rival schools. Like let's let's be honest here. Like I know every Texas is every other Texas school's rival. Blah 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 blah. I think in in hoops, I think this is a bigger deal. Like TCU, nah, Baylor. Nah. In hoops, I think this is a bigger rivalry than the other schools are with Texas. To to make this move, makes this burn even more. I mean, this is Kevin Durant leaving to the team that beat him level. Like, what the hell is going on here? So I get why Texas Tech fans feel bad right now. And to to piggyback off the KD and Texas reference, I mean, yeah, we've seen no. Here's my letter. Look, we'll talk about Porter Moser in a minute. He he put out a really nice statement about his time with Loyola and, and leaving for Oklahoma. And you feel good, you know, Loyola, you're disappointed to lose him, but you feel good about him and the job that he's going to. And it makes a lot of sense. This one burns. This is a, this one stinks for Texas tech fans. Like I, and I, and I, again, I don't feel like completely like I'm going to cry for you, but I, you know, you, the day it happened, you should probably have called a Texas tech fan just to check on them. Cause I don't think they were doing well. Yeah, you can see both sides of this for sure, because you have to think about the fact that obviously, even though Chris Beard made the whole thing about coming home and how this is, you know, like his first place he coached. So now he's coming back there, even though he made those statements, you know, for sure that that's not where he's ending his coaching career. I know it stings probably a lot for your coach to move to a different team that is in the same conference. Like I that's something I don't really personally understand that coaches do but I'm not going to pretend to understand um so I understand a lot of Texas Tech fans are obviously upset about that and probably upset about the no counter offer but we've already talked about that my issue is I feel like it's the classy move now for every coach if they're making a life-changing decision or if they're moving to a different school to put out that letter for the fans for everyone to know where they're coming from from their own words not in a press conference situation and uh Chris Beard didn't do them that nicety so I can understand where Texas Tech fans are very very upset and hurt that they're that someone they trusted someone that they believed in someone that they backed for years now is now all of a sudden switching without kind of giving back a thank you to those fans that had been with him for so long. So I understand that. But again, he was not going to end his coaching career there, no matter how well they were doing, no matter how well he liked the program. Lubbock is just one of those places where you go for a couple of years to make your mark, to show people what you can do to move on to something somewhere with a better school that could get you better recruits, a better town, a better you know, like a better program. So I can't really blame Chris Beard for leaving. I do think he should have left that nice nicety though for all those fans that have been with him since the beginning. Yeah, if I can say anything nice about Texas Tech and Lubbock, which is hard for me to do, but <laughs> their fans 
man, their fans are loyal. Um, after that, I mean, just abomination of a football season they had and recruiting class. My goodness, if Texas football or Texas Tech football is down bad right now, um, it, it just felt like, ugh, man, this is our team. Like Mac McClung, Kyler Edwards, our lovely Chris Beard. Wow, what a, this is gonna make up for that wound and. And then, you know, a bit of a disappointing loss in the NCAA tournament after a disappointing end to the regular season. And then this happens. I would never say I sympathize for Texas Tech then, once again. But it just felt a little powerful. Like, it's like canceling. It's like when you don't want to confront your roommate about something. So instead of going out into the living room, you just text them. Like, you just do. go talk to them. Do you know what I think it's like? You know I think it's like when a TV show you love ends abruptly without letting you know. Yeah, that's also good. Exactly. Yeah, but that's that's not the show's fault. That's the that's the studio's fault. This is the show's fault. This is like the showrunner being like, "This, you know what this okay, there's here's the comp. This is uh Mindhunter getting canceled on Netflix because what's his name who runs it was like, ah, "I don't want to do that anymore. Bye." That's there there's your TV show comp. Yeah. There we go. There we yeah. go. Great. Show. Exactly. I, I will say, I don't think we can, I don't think we can emphasize enough though. Like if you are, if you did think Chris Beard was just going to stay there because he loves Lubbock, like clearly you haven't spent long enough time there or you spent too much time there. <laughs> it's one of the two. Very good. Very good. Okay. So for tech, the last open job now in the Big 12, as Oklahoma's been filled, we'll talk about that again here in, in a bit. It sounds like it's down to about four candidates here. Um, Joe Golding, the current coach of ACU, the school that knocked Texas out of the tournament and probably started this domino effect of now shock is gone and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Grant McCaslin, the head coach at North Texas, who's a name that was also up for the Oklahoma job. Uh, and then two guys with strong ties to Texas Tech. Obviously, current associate head coach Mark Adams, who's been there for uh, for a few years, uh, and is getting a lot of internal push for the job, as well as Darvin Ham, who's a former Texas Tech player. He is currently an assistant with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he's the guy that you're you're seeing and has apparently reportedly gotten an interview. This feels like the four names we're hearing the most. And I mean, look, we could have a a late contender pop up, but it does feel like one of these four guys will probably be the head coach at Texas Tech. You guys' thoughts on if you were the AD at Texas Tech and these are the four guys on your list, which one is the one you're going with or what is the scenario you're trying to put together here for, for the Red Raiders to keep them moving forward? Yeah, I mean, as far as um, an internal hire goes, I don't think that that's the right move for them considering that, you know, since Chris Beard left, I don't think you would want to basically go in the same direction that Chris Beer was going with that program. So personally for me, I wouldn't hire from within. I think the Abilene Christian hire would only make sense if they were really just trying to stick it to Texas for the season for some reason. Um, because I mean, yeah, uh, Joe Golding's good. He, he only made an appearance in the 18-19 NCAA tournament. And then again, obviously this season where he beat, where they beat Texas. So I don't think that they've done enough in their program to show that he'd be able to be successful in Texas tech, or even in like, as, as a uh, competitive of a conference that the big 12 is in. 
I do like Grant McCaslin from North Texas, though. I think his program is a very interesting one. And I think that he's shown that they can do well in these competitive situations. And obviously he has ties to Texas. I know Abilene Christian does too, but he has bigger ties to Texas from um, kind of where they base their recruiting out of, probably going to be able to know a lot more names and be able to um, kind of get that pool going a little bit. And again, I mean, I know that Darvin Ham also was in that uh, in that list. So I think he could be good based on the fact that I think Texas Tech fans would all kind of come around him and because he used to play there, they would just automatically feel drawn to him because there's someone that they know and someone they can, I feel like they can trust. And I think that's going to be a big thing moving forward with their program now is trying to find a coach that they can trust after this Chris Beard situation. But so for me, I would either go with Grant McCaslin or Durbin Ham. When I look at this situation, I'm reminded of Pat Mahomes' tweet after Beard was announced to Texas that Texas Tech can't have nice things. And no disrespect to any of these guys who are lined up for this job, but Texas Tech being, uh, you know, in the national championship just two years ago, and whether they deserve it or not, they kind of consider themselves to be a school of basketball prowess now. It feels like there is no just sure choice here. For Texas, it was 100% certain. If we get Chris Beard, we will be in a good place. Texas Tech, I mean, you can break these guys down as bad much as you want but there's no sure hire here which is just kind of cuts deeper and deeper into this man we had a nice thing we had some china some fine china in our living room with chris beard and uh a longhorn came in and smashed it and um i will say for texas tech fans who kind of butt her right now the in um program hire would be the most comfortable thing which i think is probably why i've been seeing a lot of tech guys say they want that because they just kind of feel really hurt right now and that kind of heals that wound but I agree with Christine I don't think that's the smart move I actually do kind of like Golding at ACU for the simple reason that Texas Tech has been known for their defense and their grittiness the past couple years since Beard's been at the helm and ACU was a top 30 defense according to Kim Palm this year I mean they weren't really on anybody's radar until the NCAA tournament, but they played some tough, tough competition, including ironically Texas Tech early in the year and hung with them. And they played great defense all year. I think a guy like that is just going to come in and say, no bullshit. Like we don't really have any offensive guys anymore, especially with Kyler Edwards leaving. And I would assume Mac McClellan declares for the draft. So let's get like a defensive mind and build this program back up. Um, not necessarily to emulate beard, but to kind of keep with the, um, the same, you know, style of play that they've had and has been successful for them. Uh, but I, I do like the North Texas. Uh, he's probably a little bit more, um, you know, I don't want to say, you know, eligible, but probably probably a better pick in this scenario. So it, it feels like you can't go wrong, but also you, you, there's no there's no assurance here. So I get the idea that the, the internal hire is not the best idea. But this is one of the most well-regarded associate or assistant coaches in college basketball. It feels like a guy who probably would have gotten a shot sometime soon, anyways. So I, I don't, and I don't. I mean, look. If you really look at what Mike Boynton has been doing at Oklahoma State, similar situation. Coach leaves kind of abruptly. You are trying to figure something out here, and you've got a guy who's been on staff for a longer period of time. I don't think Mark High Adams, if he's the right guy, and I, I mean, it does depend on what you know 
I don't know him enough, and I don't think any of us really know him well enough to be like, yeah, he's going to work or fail. I don't know that it's a bad thing, and I definitely think he should be considered. I've seen him being retained under a staff that put together by Darvin Ham. My concern with Darvin Ham is this is a guy who's been who has gotten interviews for NBA head coaching jobs. So if he does come, how long does he stay? If this is a guy people think could be a head coach in the NBA, is that what he would prefer to do? So is it going to be I, he comes to Texas Tech for a few years and, and, and does well, but the NBA comes back a calling and after four or five years he's off and Texas Tech's going for another head coach? I don't know. That would be my concern with Ham is, does this a job he wants? Is, or is this his job everybody thinks he should want because he's a Texas Tech alum who's coaching? I like McCaslin. It makes a lot of sense. I, I, I do think he's a good coach. I think he's a good hire. Here's the, here's the problem. And I think it's the problem that Texas Tech fans are having a hard time with. I don't know that any of these guys are Chris Beard. And what I mean by that is you're, you're, Texas Tech has not shown a history of, A, getting a guy like this, period. But the ability to just to, to go and replace him with someone who's just going to keep it going at the same level, I don't, I don't think that's possible. I don't. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And maybe it does. I'm happy to be old takes exposed on this. I'm happy to have Darvin Ham come in and be there for 20 years and Texas Tech rules the Big 12. But I think the reality of the situation is you're looking for the best option to keep Texas Tech as a viable college basketball program that makes the tournament on a regular basis, can win tournament games. I don't know that you're going to get Chris Beard again. I don't know who, because I don't know who that is. Like it, when Chris Beard was hired, I don't know that we all expected him to do what he did at Texas Tech, but it felt like a really damn good hire. I don't know who that is right now. And maybe it's Grant McCaslin, but he doesn't come in with the same pedigree. Maybe it's Mark Adams and we find out, no, he's been an excellent head coach in waiting. But I, I think for Tech fans, the, the thing you have to do, which is really going to be hard, it's a big ask right now because of what all the emotions you're dealing with is you're going to have to come after this from a more realistic standpoint of let's just get a good coach in here that keeps Texas Tech good. And we don't have to go back to being crappy forever and, and losing seasons and just wandering through the wilderness of, of bottom three teams in the Big 12. Like, let Texas Tech stay a viable men's basketball program. And I, I don't know which one of these options is the best. But I, I – and maybe it's just the fan talking about Mark Adams, but I, I don't – I'm not as out on him as you guys are, is my point. Okay. I mean, for me, I think that Texas Tech's program can get to that point again. I just think that Chris Beard – turnaround time was way faster than anyone had ever thought that would happen for Texas Tech so ultimately I think that's why Texas Tech fans are going to need to kind of recalibrate their brains a little bit with whoever this new hire is because you look at what Chris Beard did when he came in 2016 in 2017-2018 they were second in the conference then they were first the next year that's like three years in his coaching career with Texas Tech and then they get to the Elite Eight in the 17-18 season. And no, everyone was just thinking, oh, who is this guy? Because you think kind of at that time, Chris Beard kind of came out of nowhere. And then they ended up having this really great basketball program. And now he's off to Texas. And I don't know if Texas Tech fans are really prepared to take in the fact that their program is probably going to take a couple years again to really build up and be competitive in this Big 12 space with whoever they're going to get. And I mean, like, 
what the best thing they can do right now is whoever they hire, if they can stay in the middle of the pack for the big 12 for the next few years, and then try to build on that momentum a little bit, and then try to become a competitive program again, I think that's kind of their best option right now. So Texas tech fans, (laughs) please prepare yourselves. I I think the worst thing about this for Texas tech fans is like, best case scenario is Christine's right. And in a couple of years, they're back to like near the top. That That is best case scenario. Right. This might be, this might be like, I don't want to say downfall because it's not like they had some basketball empire, but you know, for five years they were, or, you know, maybe the latter, the, the end of that, the last three, four years, they have been a competitive win any, any night in the big 12 and at times the best. And they were, you know, the first Big 12 team in the championship besides Kansas in, in a minute. And, and obviously we have Baylor tomorrow night. But, you know, they repped out. That was awesome for the Big 12. And what this could be, a, like, eight – I don't want to be hyper, hyperbole here, but, like, an eight to nine to ten year run where Texas Tech isn't able to get it going. Yeah. Just that mass exodus of players we saw the other day um, – and, and you know you don't you know recruits aren't going to like that. And and the the thing is, there's nobody they're going to be able to hire. Where it's like, okay, we're down right now. Like Texas, you know, we got five guys leaving, but this guy is going to bring people back. None none of those guys will do that. No matter who it is, I don't care if he turns out to be Chris Beer 2.0. At least right now, nobody does that for them. And so at worst, this is the the end of Texas basketball as a you know, relevant basketball school nationally, or it could be at least for a little while um, and, and maybe even, you know, close to a decade, just because of the way it felt like they just all air deflated in their program on Thursday. And just to see players immediately say, I'm out, Silva, Edwards. I mean, it was kind of crazy. I didn't expect that at least right away. And so, it, you know, they could be in for a long, run of mediocre to bad basketball in Lubbock. Yeah, the whoever is the new head coach won't be walking into an easy situation, so I, I would definitely expect a, a dip for at least the first season, if not maybe two. Um, you know, we I kind of talked about this on Thursday. I thought it was funny. There was a doctor in Lubbock, uh, Dr. Uh, Samir Islam at Lubbock Gastroenterology, who offered beer to lie, basically free hemorrhoid banding for life, which, whoo, that, that, that ought to do it. It didn't. Um, so I, I'm curious from you guys, if there was one thing that you would be essentially offered a lifetime supply of that would keep you at a job, what would that be? A uh, vacation time. <laughs> Is that a cheat? <laughs> I mean, a, yeah. A little bit. I, I think so. It's, it's not funny. <laughs> okay. But if that's what you uh, want to go with, I think, I think you, that's fine. No, I'm just, I'm playing. Um, I basically, well, I guess like for me, it would probably be like a lifetime supply of like whenever I'd want a like vacation home, just like putting it somewhere. Like you could, you they could pay me like, I don't know, not even like in millions per year. But anytime I was like, hey, can you get me like my own spot in this island? And it's just done. That'd be great. Yeah, that would, that would probably do it. Colin, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm going way less extravagant. <laughs> this might be too simple. 
I feel like Colin oh, is like judging me hardcore based no, on No, no, no. No, that sounds great. That sounds great. And honestly, probably more realistic. Like if someone had done that, Beard might still be in Lubbock. Um, but I think if you, you know, I don't know what food in Lubbock is like, so maybe not. But if you, if I went and I could just get a free bowl at Chipotle anytime I went, I, that would be awesome because that's a, already as a college student that's a multiple time a week thing for me and I that cost me like eight bucks and I, just to be able to walk in and they have my you know coach post his bowl ready and I don't have to pay for it I just grab it I, I head on the way to practice or after practice whatever and the thing is it's like that's not my favorite meal of the week but it's always a guarantee I don't have to worry about it go in and get it whenever it doesn't cost me anything and it's already ready that would just ease my mind after coaching through just the hell that Big 12 basketball is. And it would just be a nice little joy after um, dealing with, you know, pricks like Mac McClung for three hours at practice. Sorry, Mac McClung, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, Mac McClung definitely listens to our show. Um, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm torn between Whataburger, which, which would probably do it for me, and Homefield Apparel Carol. You give me a lifetime supply of I can get any home field apparel, t-shirt, sweater, hoodie. I would probably take that. Because they are the most comfortable, most awesome vintage college sports apparel you will get anywhere. And of course, with the 1012, you can get 20% off your first order with the promo code 1012. Now, if you're a Texas Tech fan and you're feeling a little glum, and you, which you probably are, you want something to pick yourself up, there are some fantastic Texas Tech shirts and sweaters and hoodies available. Of course, the tortilla toss one is just chef's kiss it's ridiculously brilliant of course they also have baylor and iowa state and i'm gonna tell you right now is they've had these three there is a big 12 school coming this week now, i don't know when they're going to announce which school it is if it's be monday or tuesday that they didn't tell me yet but i'm going to tell you there is a big 12 school that will be appearing on home field apparel this week so if you want to know who it's going to be, I would suggest you follow them on Twitter if you don't already, at Homefield, A-P-P-A-R-L. Keep a close eye because one of seven Big 12 schools currently not on Homefield is going to have some Homefield apparel gear. And if you've been to Homefield and you've been going, man, I really wish they'd get my school, this might be your time. So remember, if you haven't bought anything from Homefield yet, promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2 is going to get you 20% off your order. All orders of $70 or more get free shipping. And I promise you, there's no one goes there and goes, I'm going to buy one shirt. Never. No. You're doing it wrong. Load up. So follow them on Twitter because you're going to find out what school it is, either Monday or Tuesday. It's going to be a Big 12 school. I know which one it is. I'm not allowed to tell you. I'm not going to. I am excited about it because it's a Big 12 school and we are jacked. So follow them on Twitter. Find out where which school it's going to be. Get yourself ready because I can tell you right now, I'm going to find some home-filled apparel gear this week. Shameless plug. That was smooth, Philip. Honestly, that yeah. was so smooth. I love that too. I was like, oh, here we go. Super I was easy laughing though. hard. I was like, "Man, this guy! Wow!" It's not my uh, it's not my first time doing this. I, I once or twice. Um, okay, <sighs> man, we're gonna go long. That's fine. Let's talk about what I think. I get Chris Beard to Texas to what they wanted. Awesome, Bravo. I think the best hire though goes to Oklahoma for oh yeah getting the guy whose name was like what about but you didn't really think it was a realistic thing until just a few days before 
it happened, and Porter Moser's name officially becomes on the list of candidates. And the next thing you know, Oklahoma's new head coach is the man who, in two of the last three tournaments that have been played, has taken Loyola Chicago to the Sweet 16 and the Final Four, has gone 99-36 and 36 in the last four seasons, was in Loyola Chicago for 10 years, most wins in school history in 27-2018. This guy, Castiglione, didn't go for an up-and-comer. He went for who's the best non-Power 5 coach right now that we can go and get. A guy that had, people were talking about Illinois, people were talking about Marquette, people were talking about other schools that had come open. Porter Moser, not, and I, let me say this, I was surprised. That is an awesome hire. The Big 12 never gets any easier because you just brought in another coach who's been to a Final Four before. This was a knock it out of the park, fantastic hire for Oklahoma. I Hands down. Christine, I know this is the school or one of the schools you cover very closely, and I get the feeling you agree with me here on this. All I can say, Philip, is let's go. Like, literally, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I think two, literally two years ago, when they went to the Final Four, I thought, okay, so this coach is going to be there for, like, three to four more years, and whoever gets him after the point where, like, there's a, this opening and someone gets this up-and-coming coach – knock out of the park higher after Lon Kruger decided to retire I thought Porter Moser is the guy like if this were to happen this will be the perfect fit for Oklahoma he's really hot right now everyone loves their school of course sister Jean we don't know whether she's going to be going to Oklahoma or not that is yet to be (laughs) revealed but I thought that that would be a great hire for them to kind of revive the program a little bit. Not saying that Long Kruger didn't do amazing things for the program, but you know, the past couple of years, they haven't been as um, special or like they haven't been as, um, as great as they have been in the past. So I thought that Porter Moser would be the guy to kind of lift them up a little bit. And for Joe C, Joe Casiglione to be able to go into Chicago and be like, listen, this is the spot for you. Like he did his job. And I, I, I think that Joe Castiglione is one of the best athletic directors in all of college sports, honestly. And I, and I know that might sound a little bit biased because I cover um, OU, but frankly, like on all the moves he's made, all of their programs have it's seemingly one of the best fits that they could possibly have. And Porter Moser is no, um, no outlier there. So very happy that Josie was able to get him to the school. And I'm so, I can say for one of the first things, I'm so excited to see what happens with this program. Yeah. I don't, I don't have much to add. She, I mean, she, she's the OU expert and she encapsulated it well. I mean, what a, what a find after losing a, a, a 10 year guy like Kruger, it, especially when you have to compete with Texas, I know they kind of have their target, but, and UNC and just like it, 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 and after the success Loyola had it, it's like, man, is he going to leave? Um, just what, what, what it finds, what a, um, what a capture for OU. And it feels like even though you're seeing Reeves and Manic gone next year, um, feels like a great stepping stone for them to reemerge as one of the big 12's top basketball schools in the next couple of years. And um, especially, like I said, with those guys leaving, you don't have to win right now. Obviously you want to be competitive, but uh, you don't have to be going to the final four 
because um, you don't have Buddy Heald right now. You know, you don't have a guy like that. And so this guy, um, you know, what he did at Loyola was awesome and will be remembered by college basketball fans and um, media forever. And um, a legendary coach, and especially with Cameron Crutwig leaving, um, graduating from Loyola, you know, kind of just seeing some of their big guys leave. And, and so it was a good time. And so I like – Christine said, I hope Sister Jean gets to, you know, come sit in presidential suite in Norman, if those exist there. Um, but, don't. yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love the hire. Christine, are you just going to become the new Sister Jean for, for OU now? That's a, that that's just a bit much. Honestly, well, actually, no, I'd love the clout. Uh, but, no, we, I don't we think can I get you. We can get you a blanket and a, and a wheelchair if you want. And just, you, that could just be your Someone could just push me around? Is that the That'd thing you need to, to keep a job forever is to just be promised you to get someone to push you around in a wheelchair for? Wouldn't that be sad? <laughs> Wouldn't that be sad? I mean, I guess if I had all the vacation homes I wanted, then I would do anything. I would sit in a wheelchair and let someone push me around. I don't care. Uh, Porter Moser apparently turned down a what uh, was reported Loyola Chicago offer of, of 10 years with escalating uh, contract starts at 2.2 million and uh, including perks like uh, season tickets to the Cubs involved in there, which here, here's the thing. I know people are probably surprised by this at some point in the very near future. We're going to do a pod ranking the big 12 men's basketball jobs. Like we did football jobs a couple weeks ago. We're going to rank the, the big 12 basketball jobs for the men. And I, I think you're going to be surprised to see where Oklahoma ranks, and it's probably higher than most people think Oklahoma would rank. OU is a good job. It's a good job. I'm not shocked they landed someone of Porter Moser's quality. I was just shocked that they pulled a guy from Chicago who seemed like he pretty much wanted to stay in and around Chicago and got him to come to Oklahoma. But I do think that also speaks to the quality of the job uh, that Oklahoma has for its men's basketball program. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I I mean, they're they're a Jordan brand, and I know that that's not everything encapsulated in that job, but that's definitely a recruiting tool that I know that they use to their advantage. So that's just something easier that Porter Moser can use to get kids to come there. And I'm sure that he's just excited to be in a Power 5 school. He's shown that he can what he can do in that um, kind of lower competitive scenario. And now to be able to have, you know, a better pool of players to pick from and a better pool of talent to be able to implement his strategies in, I think he's really going to thrive. And for, again, like I said before, for Josie to be able to kind of pull him out of the windy city and bring him to another windier city, I think it shows a lot to how he's able to kind of just fit every coach in the right position for the school. All right, last big topic we're going to hit here, obviously Kansas handing out a essentially lifetime contract to Bill Self that includes a clause in which no matter what comes out of this NCAA investigation that basically said that he was cheating, say whatever you want about it, uh, doesn't matter, he can't be fired. They can't fire him for it. So Kansas throwing up what is obviously another giant middle finger at the NCAA, and I, I feel like at this point they've run out of middle fingers, but they just keep finding them. Literally, it's like it's like it's watching the office in droves and wondering how does Jim keep finding new pranks for Dwight. That is how many ways that Kansas keeps finding the throw up middle fingers at the NCAA, just like you can't do squat to us, me 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 me, uh, or my daughter's new favorite word, which is no, which is I promise you, if I had a counter, it would break. 
I I don't know what else to say other than like it's it's Bill Self. This isn't shocking. And with the state of college sports and the state of the NCAA and the power or lack of power they really seem to have, schools basically going, yeah, good luck. We're not going to help you. And never, never, never work with the NCAA. Look at Oklahoma State. Never work with the NCAA. Just lie. Don't tell my daughters I said that because that 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 I'm a, I'd be a bad daddy. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it like I? I guess it's one of those things where it's like it's fun to laugh about, but at the end of the day, I'm not like I'm not all that surprised that this is this is happening. I can't say I'm that surprised. Although I will say I think the NCAA is kind of losing its power a little bit and how they're they're seen by the league. I, I think after the you know the likeness kind of argument was coming into a fold and you have this whole talk about how the NCAA is marketing and profiting off of these players without really doing anything um, positive for them in return. And then now you see that this FBI investigation is just going on and on and on, but there still are no repercussions. I think the fact that you haven't seen Kansas get repercussions yet is why it kind of seems so far from the distance where it's like, oh yeah, that's it's kind of a thing, but uh, we don't care. We're just going to tell the NCAA that we don't care about what's going to happen because it's been years and you haven't said what's going to happen. So we're just going to keep the same coach and <laughs> not care what you're going to say about it. So, I mean, for Kansas, again, it is kind of that, you know, middle finger, like you said, Philip, to the NCAA, but at the same time, I don't think they're that worried about what's going to happen. And I think they care more about keeping a coach in their program that has obviously done a lot for their success and keeping someone that the fans like the sponsors, like the alumni, like the players, like, and seeing what they can do with him instead of trying to figure out what's going to happen with the NCAA and then trying to figure out a new coach and then trying to redirect the program. So I just think it makes the most sense and yeah, we can ha ha about it all we want, but I honestly think it just, it just made sense for them to make that decision. Yeah. Despite the fact that Kansas is in, you know, Kansas, um, you know, this job is like the country country club of the Big 12. I mean, it's just like big donors. Nobody cares about football. All eyes on you. You're going to get whoever you want recruiting-wise. You have an awesome arena. And, um, you know, if he stays as long as, like, for instance, Krzyzewski has been at Duke, he's going to be making close to $8 million a year. So pretty great deal for self. I think it's interesting that on that – no fire clause that that was his idea he negotiated that himself kind of tells me he probably knows they're going to come up with something in this investigation but i kind of agree that it probably won't be a big deal to the um ncaa i know shocking right um um, but yeah it it, i think it does show in one right like um you guys were saying that the ncaa is maybe quite as powerful as it once were but once again it is a coach we would obviously never see this kind of anything like this from a player. Um, and it's also, you know, coaching his 18th year. So I can't say I'm too, too surprised that he's able to pull this off. But it, I think I find it comedy just because it's like the, the Kansas football situation as, as far as coaching is just a dumpster fire. And then Bill Self is like not a dumpster fire, but almost like as crazy, but in the opposite way. It's just weird. Athletics right now, weird place. It's been a lot of fun. I think we're going to get out of here. We'll be back on, on Thursday. Yeah, before we before we go, of course, give us a follow on Twitter at 1012podcast, T and then 12, number 12, the word podcast. Uh, give us a follow on the gram at 1012pod. We will put out videos of our hand gestures to replace the uh, the, the gestures for charge calls. Follow us on social. You'll get to see those videos this week. Uh, of course, 
Follow Home Field Apparel on Twitter. You want to find out which Big 12 team is going to get added. I know. I love knowing things that other people don't know. It's such it's such a great petty sense of power that I will enjoy until everyone knows and then it won't matter at all because that's why it's petty. Uh, do me uh, one other favor. Follow our good friend Colin here at Colin P underscore three uh, on Twitter. Uh, check out his work at TCU 360. Colin, who wins tonight, Gonzaga or Baylor? Baylor. Um, Baylor, yeah. Best team, right. in the, best team in the nation. Go Big 12. Uh, go, go follow Christine at CB on sports and check out the winning women podcast. A really good show. Uh, Christine, who wins tonight, Gonzaga or Baylor? Man, I hate going against the big 12 in situations like this, but I have to go Gonzaga here. I think they've been dominant all season. I know. I know. Listen, I, I love the big 12 and I love what they do for basketball, obviously. And I, Baylor's been great, but I think since COVID, since their like COVID break, they haven't really been the same. So I'm going to go Gonzaga just because they've been a little bit more consistent. But I kind of hope I'm wrong because I don't really like Gonzaga. So uh, I've got Gonzaga in my 10 to a po- uh, 10 to a podcast pool bracket. I'll stick with Gonzaga if you guys are part of the brackets pool. Uh, one of the 70 people who have one. Go check it out. We it's. Uh, Whoever wins this will decide who finishes top three in this uh, and gets uh, gets some of our awesome prize packs. So follow us on Twitter, subscribe, check out Home Field. We'll be back on Thursday, and we'll talk to you all then. Podcast Network.